The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another Friday edition of the Work-Life Balance. You're listening to Rick Morris, and uh, happy to have you all with me today. Uh, today's going to be a little bit of more subdued, and, and when I say that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, we're going to be processing a lot of thoughts, feelings, and emotions of what I learned from the John Maxwell event. Uh, as you guys know, uh, and, and many of my listeners do, uh, just came back from the international certification event uh, of the John Maxwell team, uh, not uh, not this past week, but the week before in Orlando. Uh, and what a fantastic event that is. And so today we're going to be talking about uh, a lot of the lessons that I learned from that, just some some thoughts and feelings and things that uh, that I learned from, from the number one leadership uh, guru in the world, um, although he says he's just our friend. So uh, right along with us on that, it's been a fantastic week, was in South Carolina earlier this week. I uh, had an opportunity to uh, lead a seminar for an organization in South Carolina uh, and then uh, was back at home. Uh, super excited. Uh, my brother's actually flying in from Korea back uh, back into Huntsville. Uh, so I'm going to get the chance to see him tomorrow. Uh, and then next week, uh, I think I actually get a full week at home. So we're super excited about that as we talk work-life balance get to actually balance a little bit uh, and be at home. Uh, one of the big events, though, that we do want to bring your attention to, if you haven't heard about it, uh, there's a huge event that's coming up uh, uh, called Live to Lead. Um, and uh, this is going to be a, a live event that's going to be simulcasted all over the world, all over the world uh, at, at the same time. Uh, it's happening on October 7th. And, and just listen to this lineup. Uh, first, you've got, the, you've got Simon Sinek. Uh, who's uh, absolutely an unshakable optimist, um, and uh, he he's talked uh, quite a bit on uh, on TED Talks, um, and has uh, written a, a best-selling uh, book, uh, Start with Why: How Great Leaders Inspire Everyone to Take Action, um, and he's also written uh, Leaders Eat uh, Lead Eat Last: uh, Why uh, Some Teams Pull Together and Others Don't. Um, and so he's going to be giving a talk. Uh, Liz Wiseman is uh, on the docket as well. Um, which has uh, written a book on multipliers, which is just phenomenal if you've not read that book. Um, also, Dan Cathy is going to be speaking, who has uh, uh, served since 2013 as chairman, president, and CEO for Chick-fil-A. And then finally, of course, we'll be hearing from the one and only uh, John C. Maxwell, uh, who's the new, the uh, number one New York Times uh, best-selling author, coach, and speaker, who sold more than 26 million books and identified as the number one leader in business uh, by the American Management Association. And uh, this whole event, um, it, again, is going to be simulcasted. So if you go to uh, L2L or uh, yeah L2L.johnmaxwell.com, uh, you can see all about it. 
uh, find out how you can host it locally uh, if, if there's not one around or find out how you can attend locally. Uh, but really for pennies on the dollar of what it would see, uh, what it would take to see one of these speakers uh, live, you're going to be able to see all four speakers in a consolidated four hours. It's going to be a fantastic event, uh, something you absolutely 100% do not want to miss. Uh, and that's coming up in just uh, really uh, not, not too uh, far away. It's, it's about, what, six weeks away. It's happening on October 7th, uh, so something you don't want to miss. As I said, I just came back from this uh, event, and, and even as we look at that seminar, it, it's funny because you know I teach a lot of seminars, I, I work a lot of seminars, tend a lot of seminars, and um, Paul Martinelli, uh, who's the uh, who, who's the CEO of the John Maxwell team, uh, did a talk in 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 this training where he talks about how seminars or a lot of seminars and books and things like this don't work, and when you hear something like that, it kind of shakes you up, and, and and this is what he says, and and I love it, but if, if you look at um, the book Think and Grow Rich. Um, depending on what what website you're looking at, uh, on the book itself, it says that there's over 10 million copies sold. If you look on the website of Think and Grow Rich, it says over 500 million people have been trained through the process. Um, but, you know, if you think about that, over 10 million people have, have been trained or, or purchased the book. Um, and so it, it brings you to one of John Maxwell's core laws, which is the law of process. And the law of process you have to take a look at things like this when you attend these seminars and that kind of stuff and, and you purchase this book. And I guess it's one of the core values is if you look at Think and Grow Rich, it really is kind of a blueprint on how to look at your life and really become a millionaire. It's really kind of that blueprint. And so if it, over 10 million people have purchased this book, then why are there not 10 million millionaires there's just not there's just they're, they're, not everybody who buys this book actually follows the system so that that puts you into several different types of categories and types of people so you've got people that have purchased the book and never read it you've got people that that purchased the book and and, and maybe just started it but never read it uh, completely you've got per- people that purchased it and read it but never really absorbed it um, and then there are the people that really follow that law of process and really follow through and um, you know when when somebody frames that especially in the beginning of a training it, it really kind of brings to light certain things and as you guys have heard me talk on the program many times uh, we've got the motivational series that that we've been working on and I've really been working on it for several years around no day but today and so as, as you, you frame that in the, in the work of No Day But Today, you know, I don't have really yesterday. I can't really worry about yesterday. I can't be drugged down by yesterday. And I, and I can't guarantee if tomorrow is going to happen. What I have is today. So what do we do today uh, to advance your career? And so when you think about the law of process and you think about how these seminars and, and, and it, it's even happening to me right now, you, you know, I left that seminar and I was supercharged, man. Everybody's fired up and, and you're, you're ready to go and you're ready to just take on the world. Just, rawr, you know, you just, you come out of that thing, just super fired up. But then what do you do with that information? And what do you do after that? And, and that follow up and follow through is really what separates people from, from true success and true failure. I mean, you know, I've, I've been to a ton of seminars and I've watched people, you know, get fired up and say they're going to do, you know, they're going to change the world. But, but um, then they get back to their lives and they get back to work and they get back to their daily grind in, in that lack of follow through and that lack of push is really, you know, what is that defining characteristic? 
Another key thing that I heard from John, and and I loved it, and I had a great uh, conversation yesterday with with somebody who's been with me a long time. Um, it, it, his name's Mike Jackman, a great friend of mine, a great confidant of mine, somebody I just I, I look up to and, and, and blessed to know. Um, but um, it, it happens to me all the time as well as I speak. And you know, somebody actually said it to me in, in South Carolina. They came up and they said, you know, I I really I really want to do what you do. And, um, you know, I've had a couple of people reach out to me this week in, in terms of mentorship and, and wanting to learn how to, to write the books and, and get into, you know, whether it be the radio program or, or professional speaking. And, and John posed the question, yeah, th- that's fantastic that you want to do what I do, but are you willing to do what I'm willing to do? Are you willing to do what I did? And, and people don't recognize that uh, as I'm writing the book, No Day But Today, uh, Jonathan Larson, the, the author of that, um, is such a profound figure of somebody that I studied. And even in that book, it talks about, you know, it took it took 14 or 15 years for Jonathan to become an overnight success. See, people, you know, see rent and, and they think it's an amazing process, but amazing play. But it took six years, seven years to get it from Jonathan's thoughts and in, in, in process all the way to the Broadway hit that it is today. But prior to that, Jonathan had multiple failed opportunities uh, to be on Broadway. He had Tick, Tick, Boom. He had a couple other ones, uh, Suburbia, uh, that, that he wrote before that. And, and those weren't critically acclaimed. Those weren't successes by any rights, at least in, in the mind of Jonathan and certainly the mind of critics. And so it took him 14, 15 years to become what we call now the overnight success. And so even for, for me, as, as I start to, to be able to attain certain successes and have a, have a career that, that's certainly blessed and, and be able to speak the way I get to speak and, and, and tour the country like I get to, you know, people are like, wow, I want to do what you want to do. Is, but, but I've already been at this 10 years. I've already been at the and, – and, and for the first three, nobody – Nobody wanted to hear me. Nobody wanted to say a word. To, I, I spoke for free. I, I traveled the country for free. I, I gave away every possible speech I could give away to, to build the craft and to, and to do this. And, and a lot of failed speeches, a lot of failed rooms, a lot of times just hoofing it, uh, trying to get out there and do it. And so people are like, yeah, man, I, I, I want to write that book. And it's like, great, because... For, for three and a half years or, or four years, it took me to get somebody to even look at the book and, and look at the opportunity to, to, to do that. And, and even at then, when, it, when I finally got an agent, when I went through the agent process, it, there, there was a website that, that had a listing of all the agents that had published authors. And I started with the zeros, with the numbers. And, and my agent, I love her. I love Gina Panettieri. She's so awesome. Uh, but she was in the T's. Talcott Notch is is my literary agency. and uh, But that's how many times I'd been turned down. And she only picked me up because uh, on my resume, I had a job title that was similar to her husband's. And and so that, that sparked her interest. And, and my first book, it the, the proposal was so horrible, nobody wanted it, and it wasn't until somebody offered me to write it, uh, another book that I started to get interest in my first book, and so it was like four years, four and a half years, so people are like, well, I want to write a book, and that's great, I love you for it, I want you to write a book, I want you to have that passion, I want you to get your word out there, but don't, but don't think you're going to sit down and write a book and everybody's going to love it, it's going to be awesome, it's going to be great, it, it's not, it's a hard process, it, 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 it's, it's a tough thing. And I loved hearing from from John speak from his 
past the humility. He's written hundreds of books, and, and we just said the statistic of 26 million books. Um, and, and he talks about how how the first one he sold, uh, if it wasn't for his mom buying them in, in big bulk and boxes, um, none of those would ever sell. And and so having that opportunity to hear from somebody like that and really process the information and know and validate the the path that that we're on it was was a great uh, thing. And in Finally, and, and we're going to take a break here in just a second. We, we talk about, you know, when you, when you wake up and you, you start the day, you, you have great intentions. You have you, you have great intentions to, to do things. I, I can't tell you how many times I was going to start up and, you know, kick off a new diet or I was going to go do this and all this stuff. And and, and you have good intentions. But, but you really don't follow through. You don't do things with those. And uh, John said, you know, uh, the only difference between people with good intentions and people with bad intentions are, are the people that with good intentions are, are just a little bit more pleasant. And, and it, you know, again, you, you hear things like that. And what I love is is John has such an easy way of talking, and you think that that comes easily, but it doesn't. That's years and years and years of honing a craft. And it's years and years and years of, of, of being able to sound like it's just an off-the-cuff remark when it's not. But what he's really saying in that in that spot is that there's really no difference between a good intention and bad intention as long as it's an intention. What you need to have is action. And so speaking of action, what we're going to do is take our first break right here. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance. Listen to some more of the John Maxwell uh, certification training when we come right back. Thank you so much. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. 
From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back. So we've been discussing the John Maxwell uh, International Certification event. And so for those of you that are just uh, tuning in right now or, or not sure what we're talking about, so John Maxwell about five years ago decided to launch a John Maxwell team. And really what he what he decided to do was was allow people to, to come in and, and learn directly from him and spread uh, basically the, the, the opportunity to learn from him and his leadership and then turn around and be able to teach and coach uh, through through his direct mentorship. And so um, in, in five short years, that, that's grown to a team of about 11,000 plus. Um, and March of uh, this past year, actually, so it was December when, when I decided to, to join in March this past year, I attained the certification uh, to become a certified uh, teacher and mentor uh, and speaker through the John Maxwell order organization. And it's one of the best decisions that, that I ever made. And and so there's two trainings a year that occur, um, and so one is in March, one is in August. Uh, and so in August, I got a chance to go back and recertify. And so this was a different event for me because the first event, you know, you're just kind of learning it. You're, you're getting a chance to, to see it uh, firsthand. It's the first time you're going through and meeting these people like Paul Martinelli and Christian Simpson and that kind of stuff. And, and on, on my website, um, through the uh, Work-Life Balance here on voiceamerica.com, um, there's a there's a podcast there of what I learned from John Maxwell on the first event, so you can can hear my feelings and and what I learned from that first one because it, it really shook me up. It really made me uh, focus and, and understand where I was in, in my growth. Um, and, and what's funny about personal growth and when you start that journey, and, and we talked about this with Jen Henry uh, on my show last week, is that once you become aware and, and see your blind spots. Um, it, it starts just an incredible journey for yourself. And so this time, uh, I was able to go back and kind of recertify, and they have a different program for alumni, but um, I got a chance to host Table 429 um, on this one and met some incredible people um, as part of that. And, and so this was their first time, so their first timers. Uh, I'm the the alumni at the table that to be there, make sure that they're welcome and, and uh, understand the process and, and just kind of be there to help guide them. And that was a fantastic process as well. Um, and just, again, just meeting people from around the world that have a shared and common vision uh, to, to go from there. And, and through this track of alumni, um, I, I got another great opportunity. So in my in my uh, my first book that I sold, it was the second book that came out, but it was my first original book, Project Management That Works. Um, I worked with DISC profiles, um, D-I-S-C, DISC profiles, which for anybody that works with uh, teams and teamwork and that kind of stuff, uh, it's a phenomenal way to understand you and your team and how to communicate with them. And so it's been something I've been teaching for the last seven or eight years. Um, but it's something that, you know, I was kind of self-taught in, something I really understood in, in the dynamics of communication, something I self-studied uh, and just really wanted to be able to promote that understanding through team and teamwork. Um, but we uh, got a chance to to be exposed to Dr. Robert Rome, who's been doing this for 25, 30 years, 
uh, and have a, a special teaching with him uh, on disc profiles ourselves. And so that really opened some doors uh, to, to understanding as well and, and really seeing how the disc profiles. And what was so amazing for me, and, and, and I, I hate to always get so personal here, but, I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's who I am. Um, but uh, to, to hear Dr. Rome kind of share his personal experience um, and why he went to those disc profiles and, and part of that communication was because, you know, he was having a difficult time raising his daughter. Um, and, and I find myself in that same shoes sometimes, not difficulty in raising her, but difficulty certainly in, in communicating with her. Uh, I've got a brilliant daughter, um, smarter than I am and uh, blessed to, to have her uh, and often find myself not smart enough to, to raise her. Um, and so there's a lot of times there's communication difficulties between the two of us um, just uh, just there. And so I'm going to borrow a line from Dr. Rome here, but I love the way he said it. Um, I am a high I personality, a high influencer personality, uh, which means I don't like a lot of details and love to verbalize my thoughts. My daughter is a very high D personality, high dominant personality, um, which means she likes to be in control of the situation. And uh, the, the conversation that, that, that he was relaying to his friend that exposed him to disc profiles is the exact same conversation that happens in, in my household. And that's where he would go to his daughter and say, hey, listen, you need to, you need to be in bed uh, by, by 10 o'clock. And his friend kind of freaked out and looked at him and said, I can't believe you said that. And he says, why? And he says, because basically your daughter is hearing, hey, do you want to fight? <laughs> and so when I heard that, I was like, oh, my goodness, that's exactly what's happening in my household. So if you find yourself in those same types of communication difficulties and that kind of stuff, disc profile is phenomenal. We're going to end up doing a show uh, probably in the next six weeks or so uh, right here on the Work-Life Balance. Uh, we'll try to get Dr. Rome on here as well, uh, really exploring disc profiles, how cool they are. And, and we'll devote a, a segment, you know, one of each one of our four segments to the personality profile, what they're like and, and how cool that really is. Um, but in any case, uh, so we, we got a, a great chance to uh, hear from him. Uh, we got a chance to meet Curtis Lewa, which is the founder of uh, the Guardian Angels, um, and hear some stories from him on leadership and, and, and how he formed the angels. Got to hear direct stories about how, you know, uh, John Gotti Jr. put a hit out on him and, and uh, how he survived that. And so, I mean, just really unique experiences uh, to, to be a part of. And so while you're hearing this, um, you know, and going through these different trainings intermixed with these, you, you get personal trainings and a chance to sit down with John. And um, John shared again with us his quote of, you know, everything worthwhile is uphill. And, and in this in this training, he, he went a lot more in depth with that as far as, you know, everything worthwhile being uphill. But of course, you know, a lot of us have a lot of downhill habits. And there was one that I wrote down that, that, that he said. Um, and I was able to blend these two things uh, together. So he says, everything worthwhile is uphill. And he says, you have downhill thinking. And the downhill thoughts lead to kind of, you know, downhill. The downhill thinking leads to downhill type of actions. And then what you have to do is lead to more uphill um, actions. And, and that leads to more uphill thoughts. And, and so the downhill thinking would be, I'm not responsible. People people blame. So you're thinking all the time, well, I'm not responsible for this. I'm not responsible for my lot in life. I'm not responsible for what happens around me, uh, it, which really kind of leads to excuses. And so you're, you're constantly giving excuses. And what you have to do is start to turn around and, and turn that into uphill uh, thinking 
right? Which is you you are responsible. You you are responsible for the things that happen around you. You are responsible for a lot of things that occur in your life. And and when you can do that, and when you can accept that responsibility and claim that responsibility, then you can start to take actions to start to change things. And so, you know, those two different quotes as they blend together just turned into to a, a great conversation just on the car ride home this afternoon with my with my daughter. Um, you know, she was talking to me about being frustrated with test scores and, and um, you know, again, her that high D personality, me the high I personality, and she was like, you know, she had made a poor test score. I said, why was that? And she goes, well, that's not my fault. And I was like, well, whose fault would that be then? And, and, and her answer was, well, the teacher teacher switched the definition. So it's her fault. She switched the definitions on the exam. And I, and I just love that. When you hear that and you start to, to dissect that now and start to think through things, yeah, it couldn't be my fault, right? Because you know, I studied. I did what my thing. It's 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 their fault because they did something to me. They they, they did them. It was like the teacher woke up that morning and decided, you know, just to get at my daughter, she was going to switch all the definitions and, and make her fail this test. It's it. So so my daughter's not responsibility. She has no responsibility for the outcome of taking this test, and so. You know, and it's an AP English course, and so my my question was, well, couldn't have studied different definitions, or did we just do the minimum amount of studying um, for the test to think that we could get by? Because that's what's worked in the past, and so that that kind of opened the door for for conversation. So learning how to communicate a little bit better with my daughter, and in understanding, hearing downhill thinking and trying to, to, to expose the awareness to the U-curve of people to, to start to get them uphill um, really is a benefit, right? It's a benefit in understanding, you know, what the next steps are for, for a lot of us in our lives in, in learning how to take acceptance of responsibility. And so those are small steps, but those small steps lead to larger actions and larger things. And, and once you become aware of what's around us and what's happening to us, um, we begin to grow, to grow. And so when you start to grow, it's a never ending process. It's a never ending process to continue to start to look and try to find things and, and try to, to expand that. And so even today, you know, for myself personally, as I'm writing this new book and, and working on this next thing, um, I have massive ADD. I just do. I, you know, if a, if a squirrel ran by my uh, window right now, it, it may take me about six seconds to get back to this thought. Um, and uh, uh, so as, as I'm writing, multiple things are trying to take my attention, but learning that I've got to, to take that focus and focus on what's in front of me for today, that's, that's the most important thing in front of me. And speaking of that, <laughs> the fact that I even mentioned ADD triggered another thought. One of the funniest things uh, that occurred from listening to DISC and DISC Profile was identifying um, why I get frustrated sometimes in conversations with my wife. And and, and so my wife, I'll start telling a story and, and my wife will interrupt the story and, and that frustrates me. And, and I used to get mad at her for that and instead of mad at me. Right. And what was so funny was... Um, identifying that and, and through this disc training I, I was able to identify it but but even more so I was able to describe it finally for my wife so that she could understand and the joke is it's not really a joke but it's the truth the reason why I get frustrated is if I get onto a train of thought and I'm starting to, to, to tell you that train of thought and somebody interrupts that train of thought I'm 
may never get that thought back again. <laughs> I may, I, it may never be there again. It's, and so I get frustrated because I, I'm trying to get to a point and, and my wife, she's a high D personality as well. She gets frustrated because she wants me to get to the point. And so I've got to tell you the background and the, you you know, the color of the trees and everything that's happening uh, to, to get you there. And, and she just wants to know what the point is. And then when she interrupts me, I lose the point. And then I get frustrated and can't get back to the point. And then we have a missed opportunity for a great communication. And, and again, just simply understanding those little things about us, ourselves, is allowing me to come home uh, and frame the conversation now more quickly to the point. And she's recognizing to kind of allow me to get to the point a little bit faster, which has greatly improved our communication so these little things and these little tips while it's just amazing to go through you know this training and hear this stuff it's the application and follow through of those that's really going to allow the the growth in all of us so hopefully some of this is helping you and and resonating you as well if so i mean you guys are welcome to call in talk to me as well it's 866-472-5790 we're going to take another quick break here you're listening to the work-life balance with rick morris Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the work-life balance. And we're back. Thank you so much for having uh, us on this Friday afternoon. Uh, and thank you to CA again, our, our chief sponsor uh, of the Work-Life Balance. We got some exciting news this afternoon from CA. Uh, for those of you in the project and portfolio management business, uh, CA uh, officially announced the general availability of version 15.1 uh, of their award-winning CA PPM platform. Uh, for those of you that are that are longtime listeners of the show, uh, right after CA World in November of last year, we had Paul Pedrazzi on the show, uh, who was one of the uh, the guys that was revamping the user interface for that. Um, and so all of that has now come to fruition. 15.1 actually dropped today, um, and it's going to be absolutely revolutionary in, in the market space uh, of what we do. So super excited about that. I just got that announcement and looking forward to to working with the R-Squared clients and, and uh, anybody who's interested uh, in the project portfolio management space of, of what this really means to the markets. So uh, the, the, there's a lot of stuff coming uh, from CA. And uh, for those of you that are CA customers, uh, I just uh, received my acceptance to uh, speak about the uh, application portfolio management uh, accelerator uh, at CA World for uh, the pre-conference education. So we'll be out there at CA World in November as well. Uh, so you can find us there uh, and look us up. Uh, we'll be out there for that. So continuing the uh, discussion about uh, John Maxwell and the Maxwell certification event, um, and really kind of speaking around the business context of it now. So we talked a little bit about the personal context, my personal context of it. Now applying this a little bit to the business context of it. Um, one of the big things that that he brought up, and, and, and I see this on a daily basis um, as I work in the corporate world, is, is that word culture. Um, and so you have a lot of these executives and, and, you know, I'm blessed to be able to work, work with a lot of executives. Um, but you have two different words that seem to conflict with, with each other. You have the vision of the company, uh, and the vision and the direction of where they would like to go. And then you have the culture of the company. And so, you know, vision is kind of what you see and what you want to do. Culture is kind of what you do. Um, and then the quote that uh, I pulled from Maxwell in his teachings is, is that culture will eat vision for lunch. And I completely 100% agree with that. So you can have all the vision in the world, but, but without the culture of the organization and truly supporting the vision and really doing the if you it's basically the old adage, practice what you preach, do what you say you're going to do, um, really, really believe in your people. Now, if you blend that with somebody else who I absolutely 100% love uh, is Marcus Lemonis. If you haven't seen the CNBC show, The Profit, uh, that is absolutely something to to check out and watch. Um, you know, Marcus believes in the three-tier thing, the same thing that we preach at R-Squared, which is people, process, and technology. What I love about Marcus is, is Marcus is investing his own money to save these small businesses. And what he does, though... Uh, is he really puts his money where his mouth is because he, he's constantly finding that individual contributor um, within these businesses that are that are really there for the right reasons, there with the, the right passion, and, and is constantly putting them in, in not only areas of leadership, but giving them ownership 
uh, within these small businesses. So, you know, uh, the the show that was that was just on recently was was bringing back Farrell's, the ice cream place, and there there was a gentleman there that was a regional uh, director and, and had one of the stores, and, and the guy put the company first, saying that the store he was running really should have been closed, and uh, that that was an unselfish decision from a corporate perspective. And Marcus, in recognizing that, um, not only gave the the, the guy a, a, a seat at the leadership table, but also gave him a percentage of the equity, but then pulled that percentage out of Marcus's own equity and not the equity of the other partners in which he made the deal with. And, and so when you see things like that, to me, that gives me all I need to know about the culture of somebody like a, a Marcus Monus, right? So Marcus is there, obviously, to turn the business around. He's got a, a controlling interest, and he could have easily said, you know, this is what's going to happen. We're all going to chip in a percentage to make this happen. Instead, you know, pulls the percentage directly out of his own um, his own shares. Um, to me, you know, culture definitely eats vision for lunch. But 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 that is why so many people will lead and follow somebody like that. Uh, for John Maxwell, you know, his culture. Um, is again, he's got 11,000 people now that he's freely said, you know, I've built this business over the last 40 years. I've built this name over the last 40 years. I've written, you know, 100 plus books. Um, and he's doing transformational leadership now in, in, in Latin American countries. We've been to Paraguay, been to Guatemala, uh, and more lining up to do transformational leadership. And, and yet he says, you know, here's my name, here's my material. And I trust you, and, and I want you guys to, to, to spread the world, and, and let's change this world together. Uh, to me, that's that, that's culture. And not only that, but there's a mentorship program within the John Maxwell team where the, the, the direct leadership, so you're talking Paul Martinelli, Christian Simpson, uh, Roddy Galbraith, um, Ed DaCosta, uh, th- this crew, which is the senior leadership, the people who run the John Maxwell team and who run these different uh, companies, um, uh, Mark Cole, uh, they, they also participate you know, for, for six hours a week on direct mentorship calls for the John Maxwell team where we have direct access, not only to their teachings, but for uh, Q&A time. So we can reach out directly to them and talk to them and, and help, them, uh, help us build our business. Uh, to me, that's culture. Um, so you can say yes, uh, I'm going to allow you to be my team. But to me, this is also why some of the bigger speakers out there, and I won't name names, but there's some some very prominent speakers that have attained some of the success that John has, who has tried this similar format to license their names, um, didn't didn't work. It didn't work because they didn't have the culture um, to value the people that, that that were coming to them because they they see them as that valuable resource, not as a, a revenue generation. Um, and so, to me, that was that was a big piece. Because the the, the other quote, and again, uh, I know I'm quoting John a lot. That was the point of this was for me to process and understand everything that I heard and, and really start to apply what I what I learned. Um, the other quote that that John said was, "When you value people, you have a greater need to connect with people than to correct them." And so I, I want to say that again, because I, I think that, that, that bears repeating, uh, especially in today's day and age. Uh, when you value people, you have a greater need to connect with people than correct them. And 
I, I see this more in the corporate world than anything. We're, we're, we're so apt and so quick to tell people what they've done wrong. And we've seen, we're so apt and quick to tell people how they're correct. And even the way we, even the way, I'll go back to, to my career as a young manager, even the way that we do reviews is, is set up to devalue people and devalue the contribution they make to an organization, devalue. I, I remember uh, as a young manager, I had a team of nine people and um, we were given one goal by the organization and it was to hit this target by 60% and we hit 99.4% of the target. And so I had to rank all nine people from one to five and I gave them all fives because we all exceeded expectations. We all did better uh, than we all thought. And, and the organization came back to me and said, uh, you can't do that. You can't, you can't have everybody exceed expectations. And I said, but we did. We did as a team. We did as a single solitary unit. We all exceeded expectations. And they said, yeah, but, the, but you can't. See, you can only have one person exceed your expectations. And then everybody else has to meet your expectations. And actually one person has to be below your expectations or the problem is your expectations. And my thought was, no, the problem is this culture. We, we, I, so you're telling me as long, long as I'm a manager here, no matter what we do, no matter what we do from a training perspective, no matter what we do as a team, I can never have more than one person, as long as I'm a manager here, exceed my expectations. I can never bring more than one person along with me that's going to exceed my expectations and be better than, than, than that. That means eight people have to be below what, what they're capable of. See, that's just something I don't value. That, that's something I don't agree with. And, and, of course, probably why I don't work for that company anymore. But how many times does that happen in, in corporate America and when we're doing reviews? And then they turn around and, and, and say, well, you, we can only give you 2% this, this, this year in a raise. Uh, because you know your your the numbers on your review just met this. It just drives me crazy. We we've lost our way in corporate America on the true worth of what we can be. Because what we do is we try to measure people with numbers and tell them that their value and their worth has to be within this range. And when we do that, we limit their beliefs and we limit their contribution. And then we turn around and go, why can't we get more? Why can't we better be better as an organization? Because every organization, as Marcus says, starts with people. And then it goes through process and you utilize technology, but it starts with people. And as John says, you value people every day. And if you're going to be a great leader, you need to wake up every day and say, how can I add value to people? How can I add value to somebody else? What can I do today to add value to my team? That, that, that's a sign of a great leader. But then if you have an organization turning around saying, no, 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 though, you can only have one person exceed your expectations, one person to bring along with you. How does that add value to people? So culture absolutely can eat vision for lunch. You can have the greatest leaders. And so talking to some of my friends, too, they, they become institutionalized. They become institutionalized and beat down by that culture because they feel like, well, this is just the way it goes. This is the way it happens. And it's time for us to break free of that. It's time for us to get better. It's time for us to be better. And it's time for us to lead better. So I don't know how, 
but I know the answer's out there. I know the answer's out there to somebody who's listening right now. I know the answer is for somebody, we can find a way to value and we can build a company that shows how valuing people can blow the charts, blow the charts off of whatever the numbers are, whether it's revenue and return on investment and everything else like that. When they turn around and they say, how on earth did you do that? You can start with the first thing I did was value every single person in my organization. And maybe that'll get through to the people who all they care about is deep pockets. Once we break through that barrier, I think we can see some real change. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other, where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage, where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we are back with our final segment of the Work-Life Balance this Friday. We've been talking about the John Maxwell International Certification. Uh, for more information on that, you guys can just hit me at my Twitter at, at Rick A. Morris or send me the email at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com or go www.rsquaredconsulting.com or find me through my speaker page at voiceamerica.com. We'd be happy to answer any questions that you have, show you how that is going down. 
uh, our next uh, certification event is going to be coming up in March. Uh, so the final thoughts uh, that, that I really wanted to leave you guys with about this um, Obviously, it's it's a pretty empowering event, um, and, and you you learn how to be equipped as a leader and, and really start to make a difference in, in people's lives. And um, the the better thing around that is is you meet you know three thousand like minded individuals who who really are driven in in trying to make a difference in people's lives. And in that kind of momentum, that kind of power in, in meeting people, uh, in knowing people like that is. is it compounds. It compounds the effort that you're trying. It compounds the desires that, that you have to, to make positive change. Uh, and it's just something that's absolutely 100% contagious to be around. Um, and and it, it leads to the quote that John says, that, that you have to lead your life and, and stop simply accepting your life. And, and you know, I, I got caught in that for, for a while, you know, early on in my career where, you know, you sit around and, and you look at that cube and, and you look at that, that boss that you can't stand under that culture that you don't want to be around. And you look at all those different things and you, you just sit there and go, how did I get here? How did I get here and why am I here? What What's going on with this? I, I want change. And, and if you want change, you, you've got to be able to, to take the risk. You've got to be able to start the journey and start the path. And, and, and our whole point around no day but today in that whole motivational series is first you've got to start. You don't have uh, – yesterday is, is phenomenal. Yesterday's great in the terms of, of learning the life lessons. I, I'm so proud of every mistake I've ever made. And hear me when I say that I'm so proud of every mistake I've ever made because it's made me who I am. If I, if I didn't have the life lessons, if I didn't have the disappointments, if I didn't have the failures, I, I, I wouldn't be who I am today. But I can't dwell on them either because all that is is regret. I can't live a life of regret. I can't, I can't live a life of could have, should have, would have. I can't sit back on my hands and wish that I had a better life. I, I just can't do that. I, I've got to be able to focus on what I want to be able to do next. But, it, but that leads me into another path of I can't sit around and go, boy, I hope or I wish I uh, want to, to do better. Uh, boy, tomorrow, I, I, you know, I'm going to do this or, or next month, I'm going to do this or within a year, I want to be here. Because that, 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 that doesn't help me either. What I've got in front of me is I've got today. I have today. What did I do today to advance my role, to advance my purpose, to advance what I wanted to, to be? I, I can tell you right now that in, in five years, I want to be retired. And, and that, that's not a goal. It's a path. And, and that, that retired means I, I just simply don't want to have to exchange time for money. I don't want to retire from um, having to, to, to work with people or, or be able to advance um others lives i want to be retired from having to exchange time for money so that i could have the wealth that i'm looking for so that i can continue to impact in a compounding way people's lives that's 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 what i'm working for and um so so the final quote that that i heard from john um that that i loved is that you have to love learning more than you hate failure you have to love learning more than you hate failure and so what that means is, is you know, I'm, I'm going to get out there and do it. I can't tell you how many failures I've had in my past, um, but each one of those I've learned something. And some of them, wow, some of them are big ones. Some of them are big mistakes and, and huge regrets. But I can't wallow in the regret. I, again, I'm glad they're there. 
I'm glad they happened. But, but I can't wallow in those regrets. I can't sit there and think about those because they can consume you. And you get into a shame spiral and you just sit there and think about it all the time. What, what I have is what did I do today? What am I going to do as soon as this radio show's over to advance the next path? What am I going to do? I'm not, I'm not going to you know, hang up the, the, the earphones when this radio show's over and go, wow, that, you know, that was a great show. And, 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 and now, the, you know, now I'm done. No, no, no. You can't, you can't rest on your laurels. I can't rest on past success. I can't rest on anything. I have to continually have that high motor and advance uh, my path and my purpose for, for what is going to be next, especially when it comes to providing for the family and, and making sure that, that we're living the life of purpose that we're going after. So with all that being said, um, it, it was a phenomenal event. Um, and, and I urge you, if, if any of this has resonated with you, um, you know, certainly buy John's books, listen to him. You can find YouTube clips. He's a phenomenal communicator, uh, probably the best in the business. But um, also look into the John Maxwell team. Uh, the John Maxwell team is, is, is something that, that you yourself can join. It's something uh, that, that can help you if you're looking to build that business. Uh, it's not easy. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you, you, you don't sign up and just you know, immediately start making money. Um, but if, if you've heard me, uh, then everything worthwhile is uphill. Everything worthwhile is uphill. And if you really want to attain what it is that is your purpose, then, then let's find that together and let's go after that. And let's start making the difference that, that, that we're trying to make in, in people's lives. And, and let's do that with a purpose and, and a pure heart that, that makes us want to get up and, and work. Because if you're not passionate about what you're doing on a daily basis, then what are we doing it for? That was my point. As I was looking around in, in my queue, I was like, why do I come here every day? Because if it's just to collect a check, man, we're in the wrong business. Right? And, and one of my... Uh, uh, favorite movies is, is Office Space, and it's a silly movie. But at the end of the movie, you know, he's working construction, and he's happy. He's happy. And, and, and look, every one of us needs to be happy in the endeavor in which we exchange our time for money. And and so, whatever it is that 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 really is your passion, whatever it is that is really your purpose, then then we need to go after that and find that. Um, so coming up on the show, we're gonna have Myra Whitney uh, next week. Uh, she is a coach, uh, and also uh, uh, she's a fantastic lady, um, and had a chance to do a, a couple of pre-show calls with her, um, and uh, was an educator, now gotten into a coach, just just a very, very pleasant lady to talk to, so we're excited to have her on the show. Um, and then in the coming weeks, we're going to do uh, some shows on disc profiles. Uh, we've got uh, a couple of, of people that worked in the space program, which uh, if you guys know me, you know how much I love the uh, space program. And uh, I just look forward to continuing to be a part of this journey with you. Uh, I thank you every day for allowing uh, me to invade the airwaves with you and being a part of this Voice America journey. Uh, and we look forward to having you each and every Friday on the Work-Life Balance. Uh, reach me at, at Rick A. Morris on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Uh, hit me at www.rsquaredconsulting.com. Uh, I look forward to your your questions, your comments, uh, and of, uh, of of nothing else. I look forward to just valuing valuing you uh, as my audience. So I appreciate you guys all the time, and we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Work Life Balance with Rick Morris. 
Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.